This is Geek Therapy, and on today's episode, we're talking about Star Trek and Star Trek Beyond. Welcome to Geek Therapy. My name is Josue Cardona. This week, Lara is not here because she's off at San Diego Comic-Con. So next week, I'm sure she'll tell us all about it. But just because I stayed behind didn't mean I couldn't do some geeking out of my own. So I got to go to the movies and see Star Trek Beyond with my very good friend and colleague, Dr. Ali Matu. Right after we left the movie, we went to a diner, had some coffee had some dessert, and just really geeked out about the movie and also what Star Trek means to us and why it's been important. We also speculate a little bit about the fourth Star Trek movie. So I hope you enjoy this. Uh, Again, this was recorded live at a diner, so that's what the noise is in the background. I hope you enjoy it. Um, Full spoilers for Star Trek Beyond, so if you haven't watched it, just stop. (laughs) And I'll be back at the end with a few announcements. Okay, so we just got back from Beyond. Oh, uh, man. Star Trek Beyond. Okay, what'd you, what'd you think? Oh, man. As a big-time fan, I was so worried about this. Uh, you were just, worried? I was worried. Like, that okay, first, okay. The first trailer um, was really focused on the action uh, and just wasn't that great. You, you're making a really excited face right now. We're getting... Uh, my, my cheesecake is better... It's it's I don't know if it's better than your peanut butter pie, but it's really really. Hold good. on, I need to be a judge of this. We need some inner yeah, 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 reliability yeah. here. Just like I want, I'm yeah, gonna try need, this. Yeah, go for it. Oh man, that's great. It's pretty good. <laughs> that is a great cheesecake. Yeah. You know what? How I feel about that cheesecake is how I feel about Star Trek Beyond. Okay. I was really worried about it, <laughs> <laughs> and it was delicious. Yeah, because it doesn't it doesn't look like it's going to be as delicious as it no, is. No, no, exactly. <laughs> so, like you know, we we had Star Trek in the Darkness with mixed reviews, but I like that one. Um, I, I I still defend it. And uh, we had a new director coming in, Justin Lin. People were worried about that. People worried about J.J. Abrams not being involved. And this movie was like really not promoted nearly as much as a 2009 film or, or Into Darkness. But you know, Jose, I had I had a great time, and I had a smile, so much fun, so much smile fun. on my face the whole time, except for those scenes that were really scary. Um, involving <laughs> the NCC 1701. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, so so. Full spoilers, right? Uh, We're going full spoilers? Okay. The Enterprise got tore up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> just completely, just like it got chopped up into pieces. When when the bad guy <laughs> says, dick out the throat. I was, dude, I was, I was going to cry, man. When the engines were just like, like oh, they just separated. The and cells just like oh. taking out. That is the longest Enterprise destruction scene out of all the movies. Yeah, We've seen yeah, yeah. like... We've seen, we saw the 1701 go. We see this Enterprise uh, 1701D go. This was the longest, most prolonged Enterprise destruction scenes we've ever seen. It hurt. Yeah. Like, it hurt to see it just, like, oh, just, it was, Picked apart. it was rough. Yeah, Like, yeah, yeah, vultures yeah. going in, just tearing it up. <laughs> and then after everything, after it crashes... They flip it over one more time. Oh my just gosh! To- <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like a pancake being flipped yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, but I, for me, the I mean, it was it was tons of fun. It was mm-hmm. tons of fun in. I, I hate to do this, right? But I was so disappointed with Force Awakens in like the grand scale yeah. of things, right? Yeah. 
I was so satisfied with this movie, right? Yeah. Because it doesn't, like, I don't know, it was just, it celebrated everything. It didn't really copy anything. It just, it was reverent, uh, referent, it was reverential. Rever- and reverent, right? And, it was, yeah. You know, you know what I mean? It was, dude, uh, so <laughs> the, uh, I haven't read a lot of the reviews, but a, a couple of um, headlines, I haven't read any review, actually. I wanted to go in pretty yeah. cold, um, and I was. Um, I, I knew, like, what happens in the very first part of the movie from yeah. the trailers, but that was it. That some, what some of the reviews have said is this is what the tra- uh, the sequel should have been to Star Trek 2009. Mm. And that... It that's what I think this movie is. It is the um, it's a continuation of uh, the potential of 2009's film, going into some very new directions while also resonating with the prime universe mm-hmm. and what's come before. There were some really funny and moving and um, great references, but in a way that just. Um, while the movie was still going in some new directions. Yeah, absolutely. Even re- even references to 2009, right? Like, yeah, even, which I so didn't good. catch. It was so good. So that, so that is... Um, well, and the song, the song. The yeah. Disruptive Signal. Oh, oh Sabotage. Yeah, 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 That yeah, was amazing. Was so good, I know. Um, <laughs> which, so, was, which was the one uh, he was playing in the scene when he drives the, the convertible, the over, convertible. The, over the cliff, yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. off the cliff. Yeah. Um, this movie, we were talking about it on the, on the way here, uh, it's really about the characters finding themselves again. Um, characters are lost. The Enterprise is lost. And um, both literally and figuratively, they are... Um, the, the crew is, is, is completely uh, lost from each other. And over the course of this movie, it's about all of them finding their purpose and the purpose of Star Trek. No. What it is at its core, I I didn't expect it to 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 be that and and to work and it really does and you know what I was like it's subtle man mm-hmm. well uh, I don't know how subtle it is I feel <laughs> I feel it was pretty on the nose actually because the whole I mean the beginning is. Kirk talking about how he feels he's questioning why he's out here like he's, yeah he's alone and he's. He's kind of literally floating in space. Great right? use of Captain's Log, yeah, too. Yeah, he's no, being absolutely. Inter- introspective. and Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And he's talking about how you know he lacks direction. And then when he's talking to, I don't know, the, the, the character, the woman who's like the head of... I think uh, Admiral Paris, if I caught that correctly. Oh, yeah, with Paris. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. So she, you know what, she tells him, it's not uncommon for a captain to want to just leave. Yeah. Because they don't know where to go yeah right? like you lack direction space is vast yeah it's and easy to get lost like that for me was the most relatable part mm-hmm. like i don't know what i'm doing i have no idea i'm just gonna jump ship and try something else and do something different and i think that's the right call sometimes but it, that doesn't mean that you can't find a purpose or a direction well i, I think it what what i was uh thinking in that moment is how so many of us try to uh, chase after what we think is going to make us happy and then we get there and we kind of get used to the circumstances and we're like now what? What is my purpose? I'm, I'm doing this thing and um, I don't know if this is what I want to be doing. That search for meaning that that constant search for meaning that all of us have in life that's what I uh, was seeing in that moment and but what I mean by it being subtle it wasn't really like you can, you can go through this whole movie and, and just see it as 
you know, those, uh, they're, they're stranded and they got to defeat this bad guy. But you can also go through it under the lens of what's happening in the world right now. I mean, we're, we're, we're here at this diner in New York City and the Republican National Convention is happening in the background. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of controversy about what's being discussed in, in politics and in society right now in America and what... But this movie is about those basic ideas of unity versus division, strength versus the struggle of finding a way to work together as a crew, as a people, between species, between people. It's about xenophobia. Um, so there's that there's that underlying foundation if you want to go that deep. But you don't oh, have to. Oh, I didn't even think about this um, in, in, in that sense. But the the villain, Krull, he's... He's fi- trying to find himself, right? He's so lost that yeah. he he physically starts embodying the people that he starts um, assimilating, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He actually begins to change mm-hmm. even physically. See, that's why, like, I think that not that assimilating thing, like the Borg. Let's no, be clear here. Um, he's, a, he's 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 taking doing their life similar. force. Like, he's yeah. taking their life force yeah, to yeah. extend his own. I but, think uh, Uhura used the word transference in yeah. <laughs> in there, which is a great little <laughs> therapy thing right there. <laughs> no, but but I think that's why I think the theme just it repeats itself and it shows it shows up in so many different ways because you see everybody on the on the crew finding their 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 place specifically Kirk finding his purpose and Spock yeah. right and oh my yeah, gosh yeah, yeah. Spock <laughs> so okay i got to i'm, I'm going to just Go say a little it. bit a little bit here um I'm a guy who got introduced to Star Trek through Star Trek VI to Undiscovered Country. Then I fell in love with The Next Generation, and Next Generation was my crew. It was my, um, I watched all the original series movies and, and later the show, but Next Generation was my crew. It wasn't until the original, or the 2009 uh, reboot that I fell in love with the character of Spock and identified with this bicultural person lost between two worlds trying to figure out who am I and and then later and then you see the Spock who is um, journeying through the trauma of losing his people and he's an inter he's in an interracial interspecies relationship um, all of those themes resonating for me so much I think this the 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 star of these um, reboots has been Spock and Spock's journey in this movie no it was, it's so beautiful and so honors the memory of Leonard Nimoy in a way I didn't, yeah. I didn't expect that. I thought they were going to have some line and some moment to remember um, the late Leonard Nimoy. Uh, but it's a, th- it's a major thread to this character. Uh, it's a through line in yeah. Star Trek Beyond. Yeah. And when Bones tells him, like, I cannot imagine what you're going through, who, who could yeah. Right. How often, and in any, I, I can't think of any media that has this. Um, well, actually, now I can think of a couple, but uh, you know, where you have this version of yourself, an older version of yourself. Yeah. From an alternate, you know, um, um, timeline and all that type it's of thing. It's you. But see it, it's from you. The f- from kind of the future, from yeah. the universe. It's yeah. you. And, and seeing that person pass away and having the opportunity. To continue the work that you did, you know, and how that weighs so heavily on him. So, and and it's also, I think it speaks to that idea too of what you think will make you happy versus what actually makes you happy. How so many of us chase after 
things. Mm-hmm. And we think, oh, if I just get enough of this, I'll be happy. Money or fame or this or that. And we neglect to realize that you get used to all that stuff. And it's, yeah. it's meaning, it's engagement, it's feeling like you are contributing to something greater than yourself, right? And so Spock here in this movie thinks it's about um, connecting and with the Vulcan people and continuing that mission. And there is... Pro- I, dude, I, I don't know if you saw, but I kind of lost it when there's a moment. When uh, Kirk says, what would I do without you? No. No, not that one. Not oh, that moment. Because he looks back at him and, and you can see it in his face, right? It, He's like, it's not that what moment. What would you do without me? Okay, Thank which you. one? It's, it's the moment where spa, um, the alternate universe, the parallel universe Spock. Ambassador has, Spock. Gets, it, well, no, the... Uh, the Zachary Quinto Spock mm-hmm. okay. has Leonard Nimoy Spock's last belongings, mm, mm, okay, and he opens okay, okay. it, and he finds a picture ah, yeah. of the original series crew. Yeah, and that was that was just a beautiful moment. Yeah, it's a, what he brought that with him. You know, yeah. that means he had yeah. it on him. He's he's almost two hundred years old, right? Or at this point, he's probably who knows. He died at I think he was one hundred and ninety six or something. It's funny if you look yeah, at yeah. his if you look at his birth and death date, he's only like thirty years old. Oh, but <laughs> <laughs> on the start, well, I don't I don't remember. But it, someone who lived so long, those people, all of them probably died by the time that we meet him yeah. in two thousand nine, yeah. right? Yeah, he's completely and to think alone. That, that was. All of his belongings are encapsulated. Like, that was it. That's what he had with him. It's his crew. That's his family. And that right there gave Zachary Quinto Spock a a direction of where where to go. And it's his crew. To see that you're this version of yourself, the most important, the the meaning. Again, that that meaning, the thing that gave him purpose in life was his crew, his family. That mission to boldly go where no one has gone before together with yeah. these people. Yeah. That was a beautiful moment. I mean, and that, man. that, that scene in the 2009 version when, um, ambassador Spock, right. Uh, how they're calling him now talks meets Kirk. He's like, Jim, how, how are you here? Mm-hmm. You know? And mm-hmm. he tells him, <laughs> you know, you, you are, um, and you forever will be my friend. And like you need to learn that, like like I, I need you to to know yeah. that you need to go forward and keep that in mind because that matters, and that is going to matter a lot to to. I mean, so many things happen in this universe because of that relationship. Yeah, and I, that was his introduction practically to Spock, right? Jim's uh, introduction to to Spock period at that point like he just like, he was annoyed by this guy yeah. at Starfleet in the, in the movie and then just knowing that and kind of it developing and you see it growing and again like for, for me that moment when he tells him what would I do without you and he just looks at him like yeah, what yeah. would you do without me yeah. you know just, like, and this what would I do without face. you I know I know, oh, I, know I know I know I know so the, and like Jose how many franchises are there I guess Fast and Furious actually <laughs> that also are about uh, la familia about <laughs> about yeah. your family and about your about friendship. Yeah, this is oh, yeah. Uh, this is what I love about the original series more than any of the other casts, except for maybe Deep Space Nine, where um, so much of it is about family and your friends and friendship. You think that Deep Space Nine isn't? I, no, I think oh, it is. Oh, okay, I think okay, it is. Okay, okay. I think TNG 
the next generation um, is is fantastic. Yeah. But it doesn't have that sense of family um, and friendship as much yeah. as um, as Jones. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe Jordy and Data, but um, Deep Space Nine has it. Deep Space Nine does a really great job with it. But the original series, that bond between the the trio, and, and I mean the whole cast, you know, um, um, uh, it was is actually hard to see some of the scenes with Anton. Who, oh, absolutely. Who plays, who plays Chekhov? Yeah, I, I, I watched. I told you I watched the movies over the past couple of days. Yeah, you were catching so, up again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so it was so weird because it was the first time I saw the movies, knowing that I was going to see one more movie with scenes of that character that I hadn't seen yet, but knowing that those would be his last. Those are his last scenes. Yeah, yeah. and they were, I think, his best. Absolutely. Yeah, he got it, more to do in this movie. He was hilarious in the it movie. Was it was great. It was, it was great. Like. That's that's it's really. Um, I mean, the, the Star Trek family's lost um, lost two greats this year. Uh, Sucks. One of the eldest members and one of the the youngest. He was eighteen, eighteen years old when they started Star Trek. To, uh, mm-hmm. When they filmed Star Trek two thousand nine. Yeah. Um, but I, I think all the characters had um, had stuff to do. I, I think. Um, uh, Bones and Ahura could have used more. Bones had no. More. Bones had a lot. Bones had he had a more. lot, but I don't know if his character grew much. Wait, well, yeah, no, he didn't. And I, no. I think Ahura had some cool things to do. She did some cool stuff with um, with sound frequencies and that kind of stuff. And she also kicked butt in a few scenes. And she was also the counterpoint to the the villain here. Um, but I would have liked her to see a little bit more. One thing I'll notice that I liked. Uh, I like that she actually has uh, now her her rank on her uniform. They gave her long sleeves and her rank, which is very important, awesome. Very important. Yeah. No, I mean, it's parody, man, with the other male characters. Um, and let's talk about the, the characters. So much diversity here, both in terms of... Um, of ethnic backgrounds of the human crew, but then also this movie has fifty alien species in it to celebrate the fiftieth anniversary oh, and the, of Star Trek. The opening scene <laughs> that shows this two different cultures trying to communicate yeah, and completely yeah. missing. The, it was all it was all cultural um, misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After cultural misunderstanding, it was hilarious, but it was. That happens. It happens. And that happens. That's what happens when you have a whole bunch of people from different places. Yeah, the universal translator will translate language, but it's not going to translate culture. Yeah. That's like a... a, It's a tough thing to... It's a messy thing, and I like that. Also, Um, the universal translator, the way they use it in this movie. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So, can we speak... Speaking of uh, some of the technology, the Yorktown... So 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 Woo! so before before we get to Yorktown because uh, that's kind of like that's where that's where I'm gonna geek out. Okay. Um, on on the thing about the characters, I think it's great that they showed the villain crawl going through all the same uh, things that that Spock and Jim were going through. Yeah. He felt lost. Yeah. And he had like the hopeless version of it. Right? Sure. Like Spock talks about hope multiple yeah. times in the movie. And they find each other, and there's unity, right? There's also this idea of unity versus and and struggle and all of these different things. And he, you know, they show that he's the result of the dark, um, you know, the, the negative possible outcome of this same struggle, which is just feeling lost and not and, and needing something to 
for him it was all a struggle, right? So he needed, uh, like, he was looking for an enemy to fight, and yeah. he decided, well, I'm all alone. I have nowhere to go. Fe- uh, the Federation is going to be my my target, right? They're the ones that I'm going to go after. But he, yeah, that. Well, what's cool about about that storyline, and this is something that I uh, it. This is what I like about it, where you can you can think and reflect. He is a villain that, uh, reflecting on it right now, just as you're talking, he represents humanity's past. And Star Trek is a it it's a story of a hopeful future coming out of a dystopia. Um, it's World War Three has happened in the Star Trek universe. It's almost destroyed humanity, and we rebuild ourselves through that first contact. Now, with, to be clear, that's that's not clear in the first two movies of the no, reboot at no, all. They don't no. even address that not once. Even in, in Into Darkness, it's all about going full-blown um, military, well, I right? I will say Into Darkness does talk about Khan and a little bit about eugenics wars and some of Star sure. Trek's dark But not about past. the peaceful... But they don't talk not about, about the how, transition. Yeah, where they are no, now. No, they know? don't. And this which is, is a, something that's part of the history of Star Trek. Which is cool about this movie is it taps into your deeper knowledge or your casual knowledge of Star Trek. And uh, the villain here does represent Earth's dark past. And Kirk here represents uh, that optimistic future. Uh, you, you, uh, we were talking about this line and the line that Kirk says, you know, what, what I was, um, what I, what I, what I was born into uh, is uh, what is the line? Josue, you, um, um, we just we just repeated it. Uh, it was you were. I was born into. Uh, it's ah. it's better to to die saving lives than live having taking them or something taking like them that. or something. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was born into. Yeah, that's what I was born into. And yeah. you pointed it out to me mm-hmm. that that's a reference to George Kirk sacrificing himself yeah. to save uh, to save. Uh, James T. and mm-hmm. to save uh, the, the crew, crew of the eight hundred members of the yeah, crew, yeah, crew yeah, members yeah. of the Covenant. <laughs> Your captain, and, and, yeah. and uh, they kind of allude to that at the beginning when he when he says it's my yeah. birthday, but it's also the day that. Or, or Bones is the one that says it, right? It's like, I know it's your birthday, but it's also the, the same day that your old which man is, died. Which is a better... It's also a better way to reference Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. In in Wrath of Khan, um, Kirk has a birthday, and he does not like these reminders of his mortality. That's That's a part of his character. And here they were able to tap into this part of his character that's been established in other works of the franchise without doing a... Uh, quote level referencing, you know, repeating yeah. lines from from the old film. Yeah, um, we got to talk about Sulu too. Yeah, yeah, but I was just thinking that, I, you know, you have Spock going through the the experience of losing an older version of himself, and Jim has that comment where he's like, "I'm now one year older than my father yeah. ever was." Yeah, so he's also actually experiencing. A sa- the same version of that experience of, of kind of going past the legacy that his father had and it's different for Spock but it is it is in a way very similar alright you were going to talk about um, what you oh Sulu. Oh, Sulu. Sulu so I mean here we have something that uh, we have been waiting for as fans which is representation of a gay character uh, in Star Trek, it's something that hasn't happened in its whole entire fifty-year history, and 
it was done in a subtle way that adds to the character, adds to the plot, adds to the stakes of the movie without being done in a preachy or in a way that uh, that um, would uh, can really be criticized for much of anything uh, you know and there was there's a lot of controversy about this the um, Simon Pegg reached out to George Takei and said um, I want to I want to uh, write this scene and have um, Sulu have a husband and have a daughter. A daughter was established in Star Trek Generations that, that he did have a daughter. And uh, it's uh, it, it, we never really saw who... Um, the spouse. Yeah. So George Takei was, wasn't really in favor of it because he said, well, I always you know, played him as a, as a heterosexual man and I would rather you create a new character that is, uh, from beginning to end, always be, been openly gay. Oh, because Simon Pegg, um, it was written kind of in honor of George Takei. In honor of George yeah, Takei. Yeah, so, yeah. And um, I, I gotta tell you, having seen it now, um, I really like the way this was done. Yeah, it was fine, yeah. Um, I think it's, it's done in a wonderful way. And um, I, don't, I don't really buy the whole Sulu was heterosexual. I don't... No. I mean, it was never really established. And you can also... Maybe he could be bisexual. Like, who knows? I'll tell you what Sulu is. He's a badass. That's what he is. Sulu is a badass. <laughs> Sulu's badass Sulu is my favorite Sulu. Yeah. My favorite line, my favorite line from all the movies was a Sulu line. Um, which one? It's from Star Trek VI. Mm-hmm. And it's from the very end when the Enterprise is getting, like, um, really beat up and the Excelsior uh, warps in. And uh, the Enterprise uh, finally hits the that Klingon bird of prey, and uh, George Takei Sulu goes target that explosion and fire, um, and they just and Kirk goes fire and they just beat the crap out of that bird of prey. <laughs> George Takei Sulu is so badass in that movie, and um, our our new Sulu has been badass in each of these movies. Yeah, in a. In a great way, where you're not sure if he really is that bad, uh, you know, that much of a badass. Like, what combat training do you have? Fencing. <laughs> and then he, he kills the two guys on the platform. Like, there was like, that Kirk had nothing to do with that. <laughs> well, and I love in um, Into Darkness, the threat that he gives. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, afterwards, Bones is, uh, you know, he just says, remind me to never piss you off. <laughs> Yeah, John Cho has been, um, he's, he's been, been great. great. He's great, been yeah. great in this role. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I thought the cast all around did, did a fantastic yeah. job. Oh, um, the new character that's introduced. Jayla. Jayla. Um, yeah. I actually, um, I liked her as a character. I liked her a lot. Um, there was this, um, this kid-like quality to her, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and you find out that she, she was abandoned by her family. You don't know how much time has passed, but she's she's appreciating this this Earth culture. She likes the music. What are you looking up? I'm the actress. I'm looking up the actress. Yeah, um, Sophia uh, Butella plays uh, Jayla, and I remember seeing her in um, in Kingsman. But she's kind of unrecognizable as uh, because yeah. given the makeup. Yeah. Um, and and this was, was also great. something cool. It was cool to see the characters paired up with. 
people we don't necessarily see them with. That's what makes this episode, and I mean this in the best compliment possible, or this makes this movie, there you go, I I just kind of had a little Freudian slip of what I was going to say. That's what makes this movie feel like an episode of the original series. We see the characters paired up with different combinations that we usually don't see, um, that we haven't seen cinematically, and that's what makes it fun. Um, It it felt like a great episode of the original series, which is also my criticism here, Josue. Uh, it didn't. It at times didn't feel as cinematic. What? In the same way. In what? the same way. I know. Um, in the same way as Star Trek Four doesn't feel as cinematic. Star Trek Four, the one with the whales, as as all of you remember, it mostly takes place on Earth. It's uh, there's some fantastic character moments. There's a lot of humor. There's a subtle little message there uh, about environmentalism, and it, this one feels like that. But you know what? Star Trek Four is one of my favorite Star Trek movies. Yeah. So I'm okay with it not feeling. There was quirkiness. There was yeah. there was humor. There was a lot of personal moments. People paired up. I, I get I get what you mean. Yeah. Like Into Darkness felt very cinematic, but that doesn't necessarily make it. And what I mean by cinematic is a large scale. Uh, large-scale uh, visuals that really just shine on the big screen. Well, that, well that's that's where I'm going to go. Um, Yorktown? Uh, yeah, 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 because... All right, so, should, we, should we open the space dock doors and, um, and dock with the okay. station? So, and, no, and, and, and I'll, I'll tie this into kind of the, the second part of what I want to talk about, which is how meaningful it is to us and, and, and kind of why, right, this franchise. Like, for you, you are the biggest Star Trek fan I know. And, I'm, I'm a pretty and, big Star Trek yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's why... It's I, my favorite. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't have watched this movie. I wouldn't have wanted to watch this movie with anybody else. I remember when I contacted you, I was like, what are we going to do for Beyond? You're like, I already got tickets. I was like, are we already, what are you talking about? <laughs> You're coming with me. I already got tickets. And for me... First night. So for me, it's a, it's a family thing. It was really the only show that I remember watching with, with, as a family. Mm. It was uh, Next Generation. Mm-hmm. We used to sit down and watch it. And... I, I didn't realize I didn't realize how much the show influenced my love of not only sci-fi but kind of that tech imagination part. Um, I've told you I've told you this multiple times. I think where I got through school playing, making my uh, pretending that my pencils and pens were starships. And oh, I was having, man, and I've I was done having, that too. I, I've done that too. I pretended they were rockets. <clears throat> Yeah, well, I had them uh, for me, like the clip that goes, you know, the yeah. clip. For me, that was kind of like the in like the, the dish, you know, okay. and the cells, right? Yeah. So um, it was also a landing platform, so it would mm. like go down, mm-hmm. and then the the like mechanical <laughs> pencils that had like the button on the on the, on the side. Front. Oh yeah. It, to yeah. me, it looked like a cockpit kind of. So yeah, to me, yeah. that was oh, where the bridge yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. And then um, whenever the shuttle was always the eraser, so I would pop off the back and send the the eraser out as a shuttle. Um, to land, and now I'm playing these things out throughout my entire uh, part of elementary school, all of middle school, most of high school, and then by college, I'm 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 probably a mess by college. I'm like, there's other stuff, <laughs> um, or I guess you don't have to spend so much time at, at a desk, uh, but oh, and you type too, at that point, sort of, yeah. And so it was so influential in that sense because I was essentially making my own version of Star Trek mm-hmm. and I had these starships. So 
the thing I'll remember from this movie more than anything else, like I'm gonna I'm gonna counter your cinematic argument. <laughs> there was a moment where I don't know if you heard me, where I said this fucking movie, and it was when the Franklin tore through the gate. Yeah, into, yeah. Because the sense of scale yeah. was so incredible. Yeah. Okay, in this movie, even everything from we got to see the Enterprise A get built. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, that was we cool. got that was cool. that was like that was almost as cool as uh, in 2009 when he's um, at the dock he pulls and they're up building and, it's and they're building, and they're it, building yeah. um, a ship. Um, when they showed Yorktown and they just had this, that doesn't count as a montage, I guess, right? But all of these, just the futurist how, the, the how futurism right yeah. just the way that the, the train works the atmosphere the there's, kind of there's the atmosphere booth. oh it was so many cool with things. starships like going through these this this duct system well and then i the, loved it and then the city the, the city was going in these bands yeah kind of like halo rings you know what it reminded me of it reminded me a lot of these uh 19, these books i would read in the 1980s about futurism and about how we might create space stations yeah. with internal atmosphere yeah um it it actually seemed like what i was hoping tomorrowland would be mm. the movie gotcha. like the the vision of it. it it was beautiful it actually reminded me of um star trek Three, the search for Spock. When the very first time we see the space station and the epic scale, you think the Enterprise is so huge. Yeah. And the Star Trek the motion picture has this ten minute scene where you're just gushing over the Enterprise and its scale yeah. and how beautiful it is. Yeah. And then in Star Trek three, we get to see the Enterprise enter this ma- magnificent space station. I had that same feeling here. It it was beautiful. Um, th- that shot when they when they leave Yorktown. Oh kind man, of, it's like it was the, like. Uh, um, like a, the hero camera, exactly. Like yeah, 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 like yeah. a GoPro just, on the front. That was oh. Justin Lin doing his his thing he oh, does best. It was so incredible. It was beautiful. That no, I, also I love no, that scale, man. Yeah. No. So for for context, we did see it on a pretty good, gigantic. We saw it real on IMAX screen, the biggest IMAX screen in New York City. In New York City, not and Fomax. Yeah, yeah, but it was it was yeah, real yeah, IMAX. Fomax. Yeah, yeah, it was it was great. And and it was in 3D, so I think that the 3D probably helped with that sense of it scale. It gave that depth. Yeah, yeah. And the 3D was great because you couldn't tell. And man, just that's when I lost it. Like I, I, I think I'll have dreams about your town. You know, that's what I. They were. Oh, so what I like about that is um, it sparks it, the imagination. You know, like it just. And like, it's, oh, it's so good. It's it's given us finally um, some new quite literal visions of what Star Trek can be. And things to fanfic about. And things to <laughs> and things for, you know, um those kids versions of us in the parallel universe to to think about. Yeah. Uh, you were talking about these uh pencils that used to play yeah. with. I did the same thing with my T V remote. I would imagine <laughs> that it's a spaceship and the the infrared side was the warp drive. And uh, the battery part could open up, and that's a, the shuttle bay. Oh, and okay. the, batteries the batteries would come the out, shuttles. and they're the batteries that's so the good. shuttles. And then sometimes I switch oh, it. It could be like a like a ramp, even <laughs> if you wanted yeah, to yeah. land. Oh, that's so sometimes good. Sometimes the batteries would become the warp drive too, and we'd mm-hmm. have to eject the core because there's going to be a matter Absolutely, antimatter of breach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're going to lose containment, and it's going to blow. Um, but um, that that the Yorktown is what evoked in me that childhood wonder about what could be. And for me, Star Trek, what it was when I saw 
Star Trek 60, Undiscovered Country. Uh, I love the explosions. I love Sulu uh, and all of his wonderful <laughs> lines. Um, but what sparked something in me was this idea that this is us, you and me and humanity in the future. And we've improved. We've overcome our conflicts. And we've become something more, something greater. And... As I then fell in love with The Next Generation and then consumed everything Star Trek, it was all about um, not only that hope, but the important questions about who we are, about what we do, about what makes us tick, um, that only science fiction can answer. And it's all those questions that got ingrained in me and uh, and changed the way I see the world that led me to become a psychologist. When I then took intra-psych many, many years ago, I was like, holy crap, this is a field that answers all the questions raised by science fiction and Star Trek. So for me, this is like a, um, it is, I have no doubt that I am who I am today and I'm doing what I am doing today because of Star Trek. So to see a movie that's celebrating that hope, no. that vision with the Yorktown, the idea that we can improve and better ourselves, which is the conflict between Kirk and the villain. I keep forgetting his name is Crawl. 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 That conflict between Kirk and Crawl uh, is that conflict between who we are and who we want to be. Um, loved it. Yeah. No. No. It's it's so so good. The, the besides that <laughs> cinematic thing, which again I counter with. The Yorktown, which uh, bookends, just, just, no, and no, no, it no, bookends the story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just in general, I thought the the way that uh, the the swarms of ships. Oh, that like was. That oh, whole, yeah. We like, didn't talk about like, that yet. Like that whole wave. I mean, we, and that's a, that's not really relevant to the conversation. But in terms of cinematic and sense of scale, like those scenes were incredible. Like the way that whole wave, the way when they're going through the wave and turn on the music and just everything is exploding, the way that Kelvin that just like beautiful. dropped, I mean not the Kelvin, the Franklin dropped yeah. and then came back up, like all of that, 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 was, will that say, was a movie. That something was a I movie. didn't like, <laughs> something I didn't like um, as the Trekkie geek I am, I didn't get a good view of the Franklin. No, that's I true. wanted a lot more of the Franklin because yep. it looked kind of cool and I wanted to see more of it you're going to buy the model of it and then you're going to stare at it and you're going to be okay also you know what shout QMX out, shout out to the coffee cup the oh, coffee mug man. with the with the with the, with the federation symbol with on the federation it. arrowhead <laughs> it was something I walked out of the theater and I was like where can I get this I need this right now um Star Trek Getting back to Star Wars, something that's always pissed me off as a Trekkie is we don't get the cool toys. We don't get the cool product tie-ins that, in the past, Lucasfilm and now Disney um, are so good at uh, at like just creating stuff that you want to buy. Star Trek hasn't had much of that. This mug could be that. <laughs> this mug could be my like prized um, Star Trek uh, merchandise. Well, I think one of the things I love about the movie is that it's a great action film, too. Like, not only that it, like, my imagination is on fire right now, the personal um, connection parts, the relatability of it, yeah. um, the, the stories are are great, but also... The hand-to-hand action there was, was lots, great. There was tons of action. Yeah. The sh- That's the Justin ships, Lin. The ship action, everything. But the, 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 the two previous movies have had a lot of action. They've Way had more good action. action. Than, but the, more action than anything before. So, I mean, you need that kind of action to then have 
the action figures and all that stuff that go sure. with it. You know? Sure. So, I mean, I think that's why. So I'll, I'll say the other criticism I have in addition to the, the, the cinematic stuff, which I agree with you, the Yorktown does capture it. And it, it bookends the beginning and end uh, of the movie. There's there's the Yorktown there. How can you say that the Enterprise being tore up, just <laughs> just getting destroyed? So all of that is not was um, like cinematic. It's it is very cinematic. That is I mean, very cinematic. Again, that it's, swarmed the whole thing. It's, I think. it's, it's the it's a movie. <laughs> it's the middle part of the movie that felt a little bit less cinematic and makes it feel a little bit more like a like an episode of Star Trek. In the same way that Star Trek Insurrection, while it had interesting ideas and it wasn't really fleshed out as much no one says Star Trek Insurrection feels like a cinematic um, movie it feels like an episode Episode, absolutely and that's the thing the middle part um, there's just a little stuff that felt a little clunky like how they rescued and how easy it was to get the crew and how easy it was to get the Franklin online I think the middle part um, it sags a little bit but because the beginning is so awesome the ending is so awesome and the character moments are fantastic. I'm all over this. I'm all over it. I still like the 2009 film probably better than this one, but this is a very close second. I like this a lot better than Into Darkness. I had to defend Into Darkness. I think there's some good stuff. Not to, not to me. Not, not to, to you. Really. Not to you. But Jose, you like every movie. I do. I, <laughs> you like I every am, movie. I am. <laughs> it's very easy for me to be pleased, yeah. actually. Yeah. A lot of people don't like Into Darkness. I think there's some good stuff in there. But this is a far better movie than Into Darkness. Yeah. Um, and and I will I will support what you're saying about the less cinematic part it does feel like an episode in the middle but that's because they're between ships right I mean that's what it was like when sure. whenever you're off ship yeah. it's like we're having an, a, a day trip right and yeah. something happens which is weird because <laughs> you compare this with okay Force Awakens right Yeah. there's not a lot of star in Star Wars Force Awakens it's mostly planet side stuff mm-hmm. but when Star Trek goes very planet side it doesn't it feels less um, it feels less cinematic and feels more like a TV show, but that doesn't. No lightsabers. Yeah, I guess that's a lightsaber. You know, it's that type of thing. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, the thing about Force Awakens, the the thing that bugged me about it is, um, I, while I loved all the new characters and I loved the return of the old characters, it felt like it was it wasn't necessarily charting a lot of new territory. It was like a setup for something that could. Star Trek Beyond feels like it is charting a lot of uh, new Absolutely. territory. But, you know, in defense of Force Awakens, uh, Star Trek Beyond is benefiting from two previous films and a mm-hmm. cast that's already come together. So it's it's tough to compare them to. Um, we can compare Star Trek Beyond to Star Wars Episode Nine whenever that comes out. <laughs> um, but yeah. uh, what a wonderful, um, what a wonderful yeah, no, movie. It was so good. Um, yeah. And I'm so I'm so glad I got to enjoy it with you. I'm so glad we got to enjoy it together and, yeah, and then spend so all good. this time talking about it. I'm gonna see it again. Yeah. And I'm gonna see it with my wife. And I'm curious. I'm really curious what she's gonna think. Yeah. As someone who's enjoyed these last two movies but is not a fan yeah. of Star Trek. Yeah. What is she gonna think? I think she's gonna like it because she's a, a politics junkie <laughs> and the the anti um, xenophobia message. I think it's really going to strike a chord with her. Hmm. Uh, that's my prediction here. And I hope, I hope, Josue, that a lot of people go see this movie because I think this is the movie we need this summer. This is the movie this country needs right now. It's good. Yep. And we're getting a fourth one already, so, which and, is good. And they announced that Chris Helmsworth is returning to mm-hmm. play the role of 
uh, Grandpapa <laughs> Kirk. Um, Are we speculating now? We're speculating how we that's happening? We have to. I mean, time travel, right? That's the only way you can do mirror it. Mirror universe. Boom. You can't do a whole mirror universe Star Trek movie. No way. No way. Yeah, you can. No, you can't. I mean, yeah, it would can. be awesome. Yeah, you but can. But you can't do that. Yes, you can. And then, uh, actually... I, it's I, I, already the, a parallel universe. Now you're going to go this to is the an, mirror This is an alternate timeline, right? Yes. And, um... So, yeah, so it is a parallel universe, but the the mirror universe version of this, the one thing I would, I wouldn't want to see that because then probably George Kirk might be a villain, right? He would be the villain in the movie. And I guess yeah. I don't want to see, I don't want to see Jim go up against his father that way. I don't see Chris Hemsworth signing up to be a villain. I don't um, want to see that. But... Okay, here's, no, okay, here's and, the and other that's, thing. That's my that's mostly that's my joke answer. That's my joke answer, right? You want my joke answer? Your joke answer? Yeah, and then we'll get serious. I think this might be a Kirk festival of William Shatner, Chris Pine, Chris Helmsworth. It's Star Trek Generations 2. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> They're all in a Nexus. They're all hanging out. They get to go like uh, ride some horses. Um, and like <laughs> It would be. That would be the worst movie. <laughs> oh my gosh. I hate Star Trek Generation so much. <laughs> so bad. Um, Star Trek Generations too. But well, well okay. along those lines, I guess the I I'm think on my third cup of coffee right now. I'm so excited. He just keeps refilling. Are this we getting more amazing. pie and more cheese? We cake? might have to get more. I think There's so, so much yeah, more to yeah, talk yeah. about. Um, the <laughs> um, when when the when the Kelvin crashes into Nero's ship yeah in 2009 I love the Kelvin by the way beautiful so, ship yeah yeah so maybe because I think oh I think it's still stuck between between oh my gosh right oh my, it, it, right it's oh, still right, you half, got it it's still halfway between it. the black hole right you so, unlocked it it get pulled in yes right so, oh my gosh and it's gonna be pulled in right to present day James T which has happened in Star Trek multiple times right where where oh it's like you gosh. jump to another point in time and then you, you have figured this encounter it out. you figured it out that's I, it that's how you be, do right? it yeah that's yeah. how you do it wow and that's why that line you know i'm a year older than my um, father ever was than my father ever was that's going to come back and, and resonate in star trek 4 he meets him and he's older than his father he's older was. than his father Wow, things get really wibbly wobbly, timey wimey, yeah. uh, in Star Trek Four, which they did in the original Star Trek Four too, when they went back to the eighties. But he didn't like meet up with anybody, you know. Like they didn't know anybody from back then. No, he didn't. There no. wasn't. There wasn't that type of thing. Well, there's rumors that uh, George Takei Sulu. Um, there was a deleted scene, I think, where he meets a little kid who ends up being his like great 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 grandfather or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, but that was like cut, I think, from the movie. Um, that'll be interesting. Yeah. That'll yeah. be interesting. I mean, obviously, there's way more to the movie that that's yeah. not the movie. Yeah. But I think that's the only way I can think that he shows up because in Star Wars, uh, in Star Wars, in Star Trek, there's always I'm let been that this. Slide. I'm sorry, I. Should I edit it out? Will people <laughs> no. get angry? Leave it in. I want people to send it. Send your letters to Jose it is at late, Jose Lee. It is late. We just left the movie theater. That is true. But it's we are on like, three cups of coffee. Yeah, it's that's fine. true. We're fine. That's true. It's um, fine. We're good. No one heard it. I completely forgot what I was going to say. Um, 
Where was I? You're saying it's not the whole movie. It's not the whole movie. That's the only way to do it. Yeah, no, I was saying something after that. Damn it, man. (laughs) (laughs) I lost it. But... I don't know. I, th- I think that's the yeah. I think that's the Domino's way. I'm happens. your I'm your guest star, not your producer. I don't know. That was really mm, bad. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. You <laughs> can edit that out. Now we both have two things to edit out. Um, I'm leaving that in. Uh, yeah, but I, I think I think that's it. And I'm and I'm I'm really really looking forward to that. Oh, I, and you know, again, that that type of thing has happened in the past, oh. and it'll be cool. Oh, this is what I was gonna say. That the same way that. Spock remained in the in the in the new universe. Yeah. Oh, that never happens in the series. Like every time no, anything like come that happens, people come and they go. Like yesterday's Enterprise, the Enterprise C comes in, completely changes the universe, and then it's sent back. Yeah, um, <laughs> and the universe is restored. Amazing episode. Yeah, it gave us uh, Tasha Yar again, um, but things are kind of reset. So what would be the implications of uh, George Kirk appearing? Well, nothing would change because he's been absent. Um, the future would change because now he's appeared here. Or maybe maybe time travel becomes... Okay, so this is something that's really... I, I've always found funny about uh, Star Trek, which is that the... Time travel happens all the time, mm-hmm. and nobody has any idea how it works. Yeah. Except that when it happens, they're able to reverse engineer it every single time and I fix know. everything. But I then, they, but they can't travel <laughs> through time. You no. know. So what if you? Not what yet. If, yeah. So what if you? What if his his being there, coupled with the what happened in in two thousand nine with Nero and the chip and all of that, right? With Spock's information that he was able to provide from the future oh my right? gosh and oh then, I know what you're gonna go with. you know like now the federation has like they figure out time travel and the ramifications of that and what that's that's a philosophical discussion I, that's a movie that, and I thought you were gonna go in a different direction oh what, what, I thought what? you were gonna go in the direction of what if George Kirk appears and he somehow has the option to go back and change everything that's happened well, 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 that's reset, part of it, right? Reset this whole alternate universe um, yeah. and bring it to an end, essentially, yeah. Yeah. by restoring the original well, timeline. Well, I think that's part and of making the- those angry Trekkies <laughs> who hate J.J. Abrams very happy because it'll ex- erase these movies from existence, essentially. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think that's part of the philosophical argument that comes up when you have when you figure it out. Right, because maybe let's like Scotty's working on this. Right, he he has every single piece of information. There's something missing. The moment that George Kirk shows up, mm-hmm. that missing piece, that missing variable is solved, and now like we did it. We cracked time travel. Right, like oh, also, how beautiful did Warp look at the beginning oh, of this movie? Oh my gosh, <laughs> we were both. Like, I oh. I was. <laughs> One of my so favorite good. things about Star Trek is the the films, uh, as you have new directors and new special effects teams, we get um, a slightly different version of, of Star Trek. You get new uniforms like we did here. Every time, um, every movie we've gotten. Almost every yeah. movie, right? Uh, we, we get new uniforms, but we get new transporter effects and we mm-hmm. get new warp effects. How awesome was it that we saw old 
yeah. uh, transporter effects old. and you it, it and looked you. a little like pixelated, pixelated. Yeah. I love that yeah. Yeah, I love yeah, that yeah. that was like old school transporter but the oh, new my warp favorite, here no, my favorite uh, line from the movie I think um was when Bones when, when Scotty says well I I, I beamed you in one at a time because I didn't want the two of you to splice <laughs> together and I think he said something like that is the worst possible outcome like that's the worst thing I can imagine to happen to me <laughs> and that happens in Star Trek Voyager we get two Vicks where Tuvok mm-hmm. and Neelix get blended together in a character. <laughs> I actually really like that episode a lot. Um, I think I like Tuvix better than Neelix and Tuvok, and I think everyone on Voyager did too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, th- this new warp effect, oh man, I fell in it love with it. Beautiful. It seemed like a post-interstellar warp effect. You know, where the looping. It, it was like it yeah. was like it was like forming this like infinity, like whatever kind of was thing. happening was around warping. this like event horizon. Around yeah, it. yeah, yeah. As yeah. it was warping time and space, um, I love that we got the window shot too. Like not only was I like, oh, oh yeah, and, and we got the window shot right after. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh oh, yeah, absolutely. So great. See, that's uh. the type of thing. That's the, those are the things that I'll remember this movie for, and I'll I'll go back to it over and over again. Like. Like I'll go back to some movies and just watch the fight scenes or the action sequences. Mm-hmm. This stuff is 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 I think what I'll come back for. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you beautiful. know um, what what's really cool is we didn't see the new bridge on uh, the Enterprise A seventeen one A. Oh no 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 a. yeah yeah. We didn't so see that's going to be whatever the look is of this new Enterprise. It could be completely different. And they did say they were building. Um, they were building the, a new, um, more advanced ship. So this the Enterprise only a, more advanced ship than is the still Enterprise. under construction. Yep, and that was that's now they christened it the Enterprise in honor of the the new one or honor of uh, of Kirk's uh, crew. Um, so we have no idea what this is going to look like on the inside, and I'm kind of excited about that. Yep. And so, and, and I think that's a good transition. I think I'm gonna we're gonna stop it here, and I'm going to because I, I want to have a further discussion about the technology and kind of the effect that that has. And so I'm going to continue this on another podcast, which is, which is psych tech. So we're going to have that conversation over there. And I want to hear, I want to keep this conversation going with all of you. What did you all think of Star Trek beyond? What was, what were the, to quote mission log, another fantastic uh, podcast all about Star Trek. What were the morals, meanings and messages that resonated uh, for you with this film? Uh, Let, uh, uh, let us know. Tweet. Yeah, at, at Geek Therapy and um, GeekTherapy.com. And uh, how can people find you, Ali? I'm at Ali Matu on Twitter. And you can also check out both my YouTube show, The Psych Show, as well as Brain Knows Better, where I'm hoping to have a review up um, where I'm kind of diving into some of these issues pretty soon. Awesome. Thanks, Jose. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Ali. Again, um, reach out to him at at Ali Matu on Twitter and look up the Psych Show on YouTube. Now for a continuation of this episode, go to another podcast that I'm on called Psych Tech. It's a psychology and technology podcast. On that episode, me and Ali will go into the technology of the Star Trek universe and kind of what that means for humanity in that universe and kind of the parallels to where we are now and where we could be in the future. So if you want to check that out, that's Psych Tech the Psychology and Technology Podcast. So look up PsychTech on iTunes or visit psychtechpodcast.com or at psychtechcast on Twitter. 
And again, for more Geek Therapy, visit geektherapy.com or at Geek Therapy on Twitter. My name is Jose Cardona. We'll be back next week.